This is ADHD Rewired, episode number three. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. Whether you have ADHD and you want to learn more about it, or you are looking for ways to organize your time, your things, or the many details of life so you can get more done, this show is for you. My name is Eric Tibbers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. I am your host, and I'm living proof that ADHD is real. Okay, welcome to episode number three. Uh, The first thing I wanted to do is check in with you and kind of give you an update about my uh, my sleep. Uh, Last last episode, I talked about my sleep and how. It was a uh, it's something that I had been struggling with, and uh, I want to tell you some uh, some information about that. At the very end of the last episode, I I cut in after my post production, and that was at nine twenty p.m. I think it was when I had recorded the episode. I had said that I was going to try to be home at nine p.m. So you know, I didn't quite make my exact goal, but setting the goal helped me get closer. And I think the importance of recognizing that that success is a direction towards the goal that, that you're trying to achieve. So uh, one of the the ahas that I had, I was I had been using an app called I think it's Evil Alarm. Um, I forgot the name last time, and I and I forgot it again this time. I always think it's Evil Alarm. Uh, I'm gonna as I'm talking about this, I'm gonna check really quickly. One of the things that I was saying is that this uh, this app has the ability Freaky Alarm is what it's called Freaky Alarm. This app has the ability to scan a UPC code and use that as the thing that you have to to use to scan to shut off the alarm. So using a, a, a behavioral technique called backwards chaining, I was thinking about, okay, what are the things that I need to do in order to leave on time? Um, one of the other things that I recognized is that I had been um, ignoring my alarm that told me to take my melatonin, uh, which I take you know right after my last client. And so I realized that if I had this um, extremely annoying but effective alarm that I, I wouldn't really want to ignore partially because it's easier to uh, execute on it. So if I, I so I brought the bottle of melatonin uh, that I have had at home and brought it to my office and used that as my uh, um, my point of performance that I need to scan the barcode on the uh, the melatonin bottle in order to shut the alarm off. And so I've done that, uh, I think it's twice now, and it uh, so far has been fairly effective. So the other thing that I also added is I now use a, uh, a new app called, and I've been doing this for two days, and I'm really excited and and possibly uh, um, after I'm doing this for uh, some time, I'll update some of the data uh, that I that it offers online, uh, so you can kind of see how I'm doing. I talk about accountability. So this app is called uh, Sleep Cycle, and it's for the iPhone. I don't know if it if there is these uh, the same app on the Android platform, um, but I know that there are apps that function in in uh, the same way across devices. So what this app does is you put it under the sheet right by your bed. And 
what you do is you indicate kind of what time you want to uh, wake up and it gives you a range. And so what it does is it tracks your sleep cycles based on your movement. So it's pretty cool. I've been doing it for two days and it's for the first five days, it's still in calibration mode. Um, so it's still kind of learning from me. And so what this does is, so you give it this like half an hour range and it will make a, uh, basically it'll wake you up during the phase of sleep. Um, that's your lightest phase of sleep during that 30 minute window. Because one of the things that happens is that if we get woken up by an alarm uh, and we're in a deep phase of sleep, we can feel foggy and groggy for, you know, for hours potentially uh, after waking up. So this utilizes uh, some of our the behavioral data that we're putting out there that can be picked up by the accelerometer. I think it's what it's called in the iPhone that detects motion. Um, and it's pretty sensitive and you have to be able to have the phone plugged in to use it. But I think that it's going to provide me some really valuable uh, insight on you know my sleep cycle and it's going to give me the opportunity to wake up in the right phase of sleep. Interestingly, I used it two nights ago for the first time. And the thing that I that I noticed, especially today, since it was a Monday and I really had to wake up at my desired time, is that I was kind of worried that it wasn't going to work. So I think that, you know, that kind of affected some of my sleep because I, I know it towards the later part of the evening, um, I was definitely not, or I guess the earlier part of the morning, I was not as rested. I, I kind of knew I was tossing and turning a little bit. Um, but now that, that I saw that it actually did work, um, I'm going to continue to use it and I will definitely be reporting back to you on how that app is working for me. So, cause I, I just know that when I am sleeping well, uh, I'm, you know, I just do so, so much better. Okay. So that's how I'm doing with my uh, with my sleep goals. One of the things that I want to use this podcast for is to um, really have a, a conversation um, with you, the listener. And I think that you know this will probably evolve as I continue to learn uh, how to do podcasting. You know, I I don't want to wait to get this content out there until I have it perfect. So I am going to make mistakes. I'm going to have things that I'm going to look back and say, "Ooh, I wish I would have." done that differently, but I'm not going to let that stop me from, from getting stuff out there and inviting you to, to be part of this conversation. So what I'm asking you to do, if you have questions regarding ADHD, regarding sleep, really anything that you want me to actually read on the air and answer, email me at eric at erictivers.com. Uh, that's eric at erictivers.com. And I'll be able to read some of those, uh, some of your questions. And, uh, or if you have comments, I can read some of those too, which will also be really helpful for me because I do really well responding to things, um, versus having to plan things. So that's, that's kind of the approach that I want to take. And so we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, so this is episode number three. I really plan on this being a long-term show. And I think the more I say that, the more I really put that out there to kind of keep myself accountable to that. Uh, cause I know that accountability is so important and I really want this to be, uh, more of a, a show that really demonstrates my actions, not just my good intentions. Only time will tell. This is only episode three. And at this point, nobody's ever heard this because I'm recording a, a number of episodes before I publish this. Let's get into the content for today's show. So I'm, we're going to be talking a, a bit about time, time tracking, and time thinking. So what I want to do is I want to start with, you know, in, in the mental health profession, so in, in psychology and in clinical social work, 
um, we have this um, term we call cognitive distortions. So I want to actually rephrase this um, and and just kind of call this lies that we tell ourselves and actually believe. Here are uh, about five lies, um, and I say about because I might add to it as I go. Five lies that people with ADHD tell themselves and actually believe. And where these lies get them into trouble is that they tell these things to other people, but it's not because they're they're lying to them intentionally. It's because these lies are things that that we actually believe. Okay, so the uh, the first one is I don't need to write that down. So one of the the reasons is you know we hear something we we think we're going to remember it. Because we, we feel it. We feel that information that we have and we think we're going to be able to recall it. Uh, so number one is I don't need to write that down. Number two, I still have plenty of time. You know, it's it's funny how sometimes people with ADHD can be worriers and, and catastrophic thinkers. However, it seems like this is an area where there's this unbelievable amount of optimism, where we think we have so much time to finish something. Um, so I kind of refer to this as misplaced optimism. The other reason is the difficulty in seeing time into the future and not having that ability to really understand what needs to occur especially for for longer term projects that require many, many steps, it can be really difficult to really conceptualize. How do I break this down? Number three is I'll do it later. Now, I want you to check your calendar and find where is later on your calendar. So anytime you're making that decision to, to not do something now and to do it later, make sure that it's not because you just don't want to do it. If you say you're going to do it later, whether you're telling it to somebody else or even just yourself, decide right at that moment, when is later? Put it on your calendar. All right, number four is I still have five minutes. I'm just going to check my email or Facebook status or, you know, any any area of the uh, the rabbit hole of uh, what is the, the internet. Um, so anytime we we are kind of minimizing, I'm just going to, or that you know, that, that just word I, I view as the, the four letter word in ADHD. It's just going to take this or I just have to do that. Um, really got to be cautious and, and really pay attention to what is it that we're actually saying just to. I think sometimes when that happens, we're really responding to how we want things to be or or otherwise said how things should be, um, like things should be easy or I should be able to remember that. And one way you can remember to, to really caution yourself against this kind of thinking is to think about this as shoulddy thinking. You know, a Yes, it would be nice to know how long something would take. It would be nice if we remembered the things that we really wish we remembered. But to say that we should be able to remember or uh, I, I should know how to do this, it's just really shoddy thinking. And then we tend to, to feel kind of shoddy. Oh, 13 minutes in and I've had my, my first uh, kind of brain fog moment where I forgot where I was going. And this is with having a, an outline that I'm kind of looking at. I was just kind of staring at it, um, not really thinking about where I was going with that. Uh, so I'm bringing myself back from that tangent and going to the fifth lie that people with ADHD tell themselves and really believe. And that's, I'll remember that. Anytime you catch yourself thinking this, or saying this, 
Let that be your red flag signal to yourself. Say, no, I won't. Yes, we want to remember it. It would be nice if we could remember things. But you have to to count on the fact that part of ADHD is that we have a very poor working memory. Uh, so the things that we think we will going to remember, we have a very good chance that we won't. So if this is information that you need to remember, you have to write it down. So I want to also hear what your top lies are. What, what did I not say? What did I miss? I would love to be able to tell you to just post yours, uh, your top lies on my Facebook page for the show, but I don't have one. Um, it's something that I want to do. It's a goal that I that I have. Um, to be honest, I kind of don't get Facebook. Um, I'm sort of embarrassed to say that, but I've talked to a lot of people with ADHD and I know that I'm not the only one. I am trying to learn how to do it, though. Um, I do have a Facebook page for my practice, um, and I have no idea if anyone's even ever seen it. One of the challenges is because I'm a a mental health professional, I have uh, privacy kind of considerations that I have to really think about uh, for, for people that I work with. So, you know, I could have people, I guess, technically on my Facebook page for my practice and having a conversation with them. But I can't have clients on my Facebook page and have that conversation with them uh, because there is our there, you know, there are dual relationships there, and then people will think, "Oh, well, is, is he a client of yours?" And so, you know, I I think and I kind of hope that um, at least with with the clients that I work with. Um, who most do not really uh, um, have issues of, of serious mental illness. You know, I'm, I work with clients who have ADHD and, and autism spectrum disorders. So I really think that with, with the clientele that I work with, you know, they understand what the limitations are of privacy. And I don't think that, I think that most people don't expect their information to be private on Facebook. Um, so I'm still kind of trying to figure that all out. What's the best way to, to really embrace this form of uh, uh, social media while at the same time kind of respecting my, my, my profession's ethical code. But, you know, one of the things that I want to do kind of with this podcast too, is to move uh, forward that line of what's okay and what's not okay when it comes to using social media as a clinical social worker. So there are a lot of of social workers I know out there that won't even have a Facebook page at all. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just think that's too rigid of a, a thinking um, about it. So, you know, I think that we're still in new waters with this. So, you know, I'm, I'm by no means an expert on, on this area. Um, this is actually one of the reasons why I haven't really um, had a strong, I guess, online social media presence. But I am trying to figure out ways that I can really leverage that the notion of having a conversation with people online um, with at the same time, you know, having safeguards in place to protect people's privacy. Okay, um, back from that rabbit hole. So um, I want to talk about understanding time. You know, one of the things that I like to say about, you know, understanding time for myself is that my internal clock never came with batteries, which is okay because my smartphone does and my clock does and my timers do. And so all the things that, that I, the tools that I use, those things have batteries. So it's okay that my internal clock never came with batteries, that I, I don't have a, a really great sense of time. Although, you know, it's gotten so much better over the years. Um, I mean, it used to be uh, ridiculous how how horrible my sense of time to be. It's important to, to really recognize that when you really 
take time and work on this stuff and really think about it and practice it and and allow yourself to fail repeatedly, but keep reflecting upon those failures to allow yourself to grow and learn from those failures, you will get better. So I want to talk about seven different tools that you can use for, for tracking time. Three are apps for the iPhone and four are different timers. The Three apps uh, that I want to talk about, and this is specifically just for for tracking time. And the reason that's really so important is, you know, during tasks, there, there's an, a, a tendency to either get hyper-focused and completely lose track of time, um, which can also drain uh, your, your executive functioning kind of system, which will make it harder for you to do other tasks. But also to be able to recognize the, the need to shift your attention away um, to do other things, uh, both because you have to and also because it's good for just task for focus. So what I want to do right now, I am going to uh, open up an app on my computer, my uh, iPad. So the first app that I want to talk about is called min to go It's on the App Store. And the reason I really like this one is it has a really good auditory alarm and helps with some of the transitions. So with this one, uh, you can have, you can set it for, I think, any amount of time. But one of the things that's really nice about this is that it gives you transition warnings. And it's not just the, the, that it gives you transition warnings, but it's how it gives you transition warnings. And so it can give you these warnings at 60 minutes, at 15 minutes, at five minutes, and then another alarm will come off, uh, go off when you're done. So what I want to do is I have the timer set for 15 minutes right now, and I have my iPad connected to my mixer. So I'm going to push start on this, and it's set for 15 minutes. So this is what it sounds like when you have 15 minutes left on your timer. 15 minutes to go. And so now the timer is going. And one of the other things that's nice about this is that, you know, on, you know, those the badge counters you see on email inbox or uh, your, your text messages telling you how many you have. On this one, on this app, it will tell you how many minutes you have left on your timer on the badge. I really like that app as a really good auditory cue. So it's not just uh, something that that cues you and then you have to think about, okay, so is that a warning timer? Is that my actual time? It actually tells you. And then when all your time is is done, there is a, um, it will tell you that, you know, you have, uh, um, your timer has expired. So, you know, I kind of like it because it gives you this kind of feeling that you're kind of on the, (laughs) And the Starship Enterprise, this kind of futuristic kind of, to me, a fairly pleasant sound. Um, and it's really easy to set. And it also has a clock function, too, that does the same uh, thing where you could set those warning timers. And so this this is available on both the iPhone and on the iPad. And you can find links to these tools that I'm talking about in the show notes on my webpage at ADHD Rewired slash zero three. Um, at the present time, it's not fully set up, but I uh, anticipate that it will be set up by the time this airs. I'm going to talk about this for about 15 more seconds, and the timer is going to tell me when I should uh, stop talking about this particular app and go on to the next one. This is called Minutes to Go. So we have about five seconds left, and here's what it sounds like when the timer goes off. Your minutes have expired. Timer complete. So 
that's what it sounds like when the timer is complete. So it's a fairly pleasant sound and it tells you exactly what the timer is for. Okay, the next timer um, I want to talk about is both a timer and task list um, called 3030. Uh, this is a fantastic app, especially if you have a lot to do. This uses the concept of the Pomodoro technique. Um, and I was going to talk about this later in the show, but I, I'm going to talk about it now. So the Pomodoro technique ha- uses this concept of a um, unifocused task for 25 minutes. So you're paying attention to to a single task for 25 minutes without interruption. Now, I think maybe the ADHD-friendly version of that would be 15 minutes, maybe 10. I mean, it all depends on who you are and what you're able to do. But the Pomodoro technique says that that we can focus um, at a heightened level of attention for 25 minutes. And so what you want to do is whatever your intended task is, Focus only on that task for 25 minutes without interruption. If you get an interruption and you respond to it or you go down, you know, the rabbit hole of distraction, you have to start that timer over. Now, after the time is is up, then you take a five minute break. And one really effective thing to, to take these breaks with is to, that I like to do is do some jumping jacks, get the heart racing. You know, don't take this half an hour break for a half an hour or <laughs> task. You want to do something that's going to keep you focused, but then also uh, kind of help your brain just kind of recharge just a little bit. This app, 3030, it uses, and you can save these different task lists and it has different uh, kind of graphic icons that you can use and, and you can save different uh, tasks. So one of the things that I like to do whenever I have a, I say brunch at my house uh, and my family comes over. So, you know, in the morning, you know, I'm not really that much of a morning person, although that that is changing. But I know when I have a lot of of tasks to do in the morning, um, I have to really stay in a a very tight schedule. And so the night before I'll, I'll set up and I'll kind of work backwards. What time are people coming over? And then I'll work backwards for everything that I need to do from turning the coffee on to maybe starting stuff in the oven to what time I got to get in the shower. And I have this task list with a timer running on each task. So it's, it has a lot of functionality. You can save different things, uh, different kind of task uh, sequences as different files in this app. Um, and it will also sync across devices. Other thing that's really nice about this is it gives you a visual kind of circular countdown based on how much time is on there. So lots of different functionality to it. Really, really good app uh, with lots of productivity uh, features to it. The the third app that I want to talk about for tracking time is an app uh, that's available on the app store called Discourse. Now, I have uh, I, I really like Discourse. It's another visual timer that you can set time into three different sections. Um, and this is really designed to be a, a talk timer. So you can have your main time. Uh, so let's say you set it for an hour. So what you can then do is this green, yellow, and red. So in the green section, if you have it for an hour, if you want to use your warning time, you can set it for half the amount of time that your total time was for. So if your total time is 60 minutes, you can have it where your warning time is at 30 minutes, and then you can have a stop time at up to 15 minutes. So you break down these time, the this kind of circular graphical uh, time tracking device uh, or, or graphical layout for time. And here's, there are other apps uh, like that, but there's one thing that I really, really like with this app that I haven't seen many other apps do. 
So, you know, when we have a countdown timer and, you know, the timer goes off and we have brake failure, meaning we don't stop when we're supposed to stop, how are we going to be tracking time to know how long we have gone uh, since that timer went off? So one of the things that the, the for me, the, the gem of this app is that once your timer is done, then a red hand comes on and will tell you, okay, you are one minute over, you are two minutes over, you are 20 minutes over. Um, so it, it keeps tracking time. And I think that's so, so important. Um, and where one of the, the pitfalls of a lot of countdown timers I have. So that's Discourse. And I actually reviewed Discourse in Attitude Magazine and talked about it on a, uh, some webinars that I've given. And during the last webinar I gave, um, one of the, the, the members that was in the webinar in the chat room said they went online uh, to the app store during the, the uh, webinar and said they couldn't find this, uh, this app. So after the presentation, while I was still talking to them on, on the, uh, in the chat room, I checked online and sure enough, it wasn't, uh, wasn't on there. So I, uh, I contacted the developer to kind of say, Hey, what's up? Um, and I also let him know that I just, I just reviewed his app in, in, in a magazine. And so I gave him several nudges and because of that is now back in the app store. So thank you. Okay. So those are my three favorite apps for tracking time during tasks. And I think that it is critical to track time during all tasks, you know, especially if you don't have a good sense of time. So those are three apps. Now I want to talk about four timers that I like. So my favorite timer for, for tracking time is the time timer. Many of you may have seen this. This is the timer that has that red disc uh, that you just, it's so easy to set and it's, it's very intuitive um, and it allows you to visually see time uh, in a disc. And there's three different sizes available. There's a three, eight, and 12 inch time uh, time timer. And they also have, have a little beep that goes off at the end of the timer. I have many of them. It's one of my favorite time tools. Um, you know, sometimes getting tools that are not on the phone can be better just because it's, it's something that is designed just for that one uh, purpose. Another time tool that I like, which is not so much for tracking time, but it is for queuing you. And that is the Time Tracker Mini. So this is a, a little timer that you can set for up to two hours. And you can also set a warning time with it as well. And this little timer, it's like somewhere between 15 and 20 bucks. And uh, it's very, very easy to set. It will, it look kind of looks like R2-D2. It's this little round dome with a green uh, light that is on top when it's during your main time. Then when it gets to your warning time, it will start flashing and keep flashing yellow, which is critical because if it just flashed yellow and then turned to a solid yellow, we would tune it out really quickly. The time tracker has a, a bigger model, which I think online looks cooler, but I actually highly recommend the mini because it's way easier to use. Um, and I actually think it's more functional in a lot of ways. And so after when there's a thing about two or three minutes left, a stop time will come and it will begin uh, flashing a red flashing light and it will stay flashing. And it does have an audio an, an audible cue to it. Um, so it's really, really easy to set. Um, the bigger one, which is twice as, as much money, I think is extremely complicated to set. So 
it looks like the other one looks like a stoplight sort of. Uh, so it looks kind of cool, but you know what? The other one's just as cool and I like it better and half the price. So those are two of the tools. The other one is called My Power Clock and you can get this on mypowerclock.com. So it's a digital timer and it has uh, seven buttons across the top. The, se- the seven buttons uh, are 5, 10, 15, 20, 45, 1, one and a half and two. So the from five to 45 are minutes. And then the one, one and a half and two are hours. So you can push any one of those buttons and it will, uh, it will set a, a countdown timer for that particular time. And then underneath the time is a plus and a minus sign. So let's say you need a six minute timer. You can push five and the plus and then it's set. So the other really neat feature about this, so it kind of has a little stand that when it's open, it plays a, a little kind of musical ditty. Um, and then, so I'm actually going to set it for one minute. So when I'm done talking about it, you can hear exactly what it sounds like. So it will play this tune. Now, the cool thing is when you close it, the close the lid, you can put it in your pocket and it will vibrate. So it's a really, really easy kind of one button timer to set. And it's, it's, it has that adaptability to be a vibrating timer as well. Um, so that's at my power clock. I do have affiliate links to all of these products on my website. Um, if you click the store uh, button and I will also, um, hopefully I will, I will have my show notes done when I publish this. And um, that's honestly one part of this podcasting uh, adventure that I'm on that I keep, that I keep thinking about and say, Hmm, Everyone says that I really should do these show notes and link all the things that I'm talking about to it. To me, it's something that that I'm kind of outing myself, that I'm kind of procrastinating on. I, I guess I haven't seen the workflow yet of how to do the show notes. So hopefully by the time that this airs, um, there will be show notes. Okay, so that's the timer that you're hearing right now. So I think you'll agree that that's that sounds like a, a ditty. So that's that's my power clock, um, and you can get that either through my website or mypowerclock.com. Go to my website and order it. So then the other my other favorite timer is my watch, and you know I think that if you have ADHD, you have to wear a watch. You know, checking your phone for the time. You know, have you ever had that that kind of experience of you pull your pull out your phone from your pocket to check your time, and then you put it back in your pocket, and then You forgot right away what time it was. Wearing a watch when you have ADHD is kind of like wearing glasses uh, when uh, when you can't see well. Uh, It's I think it's a critical critical tool to have. So you know I I often say to people if you don't wear a watch now, just get any watch. It doesn't matter as long as it works and tells time. If you do wear a watch and you and you rely on that watch, I would encourage you to really look at ones that have timer functions. So my watch has a chronograph on it. And a chronograph is part of a watch that, or a time-telling mechanism that makes time elapse forward. So with one button, I can be tracking how long it has been since since that time has started. So I hope that that makes sense. I can put a picture of that in the show notes that I will hopefully do. Um, (laughs) And... um, so that's, I think that's really it. So I, I just wanted to share some of those time tools with you and really understand that that understanding time is not the same as telling time. If, if you're one of these people who have just a really hard time with knowing how long things will take, let me give you a strategy that you can try. 
So if you use a to-do list, and of course that will be another episode, what I would encourage you to do is do a time guesstimating to-do list. So what that means is you have your task that you write on your list, and then the next thing you put next to that task is how long do you think that task is going to take you. So you write that down. And then what you do is when you engage and you start that task, watch the timer, set a timer and actually record how long that task actually takes you. I have had many, many clients that I work with really do this exercise uh, for about two or three weeks really consistently. Although for many clients, it's often taken a while for them to really commit to this uh, task because I think for a lot of clients, it seems kind of daunting. So you know, often we'll break it down and, and do smaller steps of this before we really get into that committed uh, time of a few weeks. And my clients that have done this have really reported that their sense of time and understanding how long things actually take uh, really improved profoundly. And this is a skill that I use, especially on tasks that I've seen on my to-do list for too long. So really adding that time guesstimation component to your to-do list uh, can really help with your time sense and your time awareness. Well, podcast listeners, you have just listened to the third episode of ADHD Rewired. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me through my website, ADHDrewired.com, and click on podcast. The show notes will hopefully be up by then. You can email me your questions or even call me and leave me a message. I will answer your questions and share your ADHD stories, strategies, and struggles on upcoming episodes. Help ADHD Rewired jump to new and noteworthy on iTunes faster than I can spot a squirrel off my meds by going to iTunes and giving ADHD a five-star rating and a good and hopefully honest review. This will help ADHD Rewired turn into a nice, shiny object at the top of iTunes, making it much easier for others like me and you to find it. Sometimes the best time to do a task is right now. Take out your phone and open up iTunes and leave me your review right now. It'll only take you two minutes. I'm timing you. Go. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, your internal clock never came with batteries, so set a timer. Your minutes have expired. Until next time. Timer complete.